You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the great metropolis of Orlando, Florida. Thank you for listening. Incredibly excited and honored that you'd be listening to anything we've got to share. And I am ecstatic that you are listening to this episode because I've got someone on the line from a place that is definitely cooler than Orlando, Florida. And I know what you're thinking. Kenny, Orlando, that's where Disney World is. That's where Mickey Mouse lives. How can this place be better than that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he's call, he's coming from us the other side of the planet. He is, uh, he is a missionary in the nation of Kenya. I've got on the line today Jonathan Ferguson, who is originally from Southern California. He was a youth pastor for more than nine years now, lives in Kenya, just south of the city of Nairobi, has been there more than six years. And he has got some great thoughts for us today uh, about short-term missions and more than that, just how we as Christians can engage in, in the understand of understanding the global church, not just the church in our own backyard. Uh, we went through quite a bit of effort to schedule this, because you can imagine being on the other side of the planet, scheduling is is not the easy. I'm actually up uh, to about 12.15. It's after midnight, but uh, anything for the audience, and I am really, really excited. So welcome to the show, Jonathan Ferguson. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. Well, thanks for having me on. Man, Jonathan, I am... Thankfully, you take a few time, you know, minutes out of your schedule there and be willing to spend some time on Skype with us coming from the nation of Kenya on the other side of the planet. And so I just want to give you time to, to share with our audience, man. We've got a bunch of people listening to this, um, many people listening to this that have maybe been on short-term mission trips, and there's probably a bunch more that haven't. Um, there's probably some people that have some understanding of missions. Maybe, you know, they participated in the Lottie Moon you know, uh, offering at their church or they sponsor a compassion child or something like that, uh, but maybe have a, a limited understanding of really, you know, the word missions, I think, can be really misunderstood in a lot of ways. And so you tell us, Jonathan, you know, first start off, give, spend about 30 seconds, kind of tell us your story, how you ended up in Kenya and why you're passionate about what you do. All right. Well, yeah, like you said, I was a youth pastor for many years and, uh, one day my wife came home. She was uh, attending a Bible college and had taken a missions class. And she's like, we're going to go to Africa. And I was like, all right, cool. I had taken tons of short trips down to Mexico. It's a benefit of living so close to a foreign country, you know. So my wife's like, we got to go to Africa. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's 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 work it out. And we took our trip out uh, to here to Nairobi. And I'd say within 24 hours, we both knew that we'd end up living there. Uh, living here. Um, I don't know what it was. Uh, I honestly think they put something in the water here to make people want to come back. Nice. Uh, but we took another trip the following year and kind of like a vision uh, tour, kind of check the place out, see what ministries were going on. And then said, yep, we're moving. Uh, but it took three more years before we actually got on the plane and moved out. Uh, three years of preparation, three years of uh, support raising, mm. uh, yeah, having a couple of kids in that time. So, yeah, we, we, we moved out here with two two kids. Now we have four. Uh, four boys. Our youngest is adopted here from Kenya. So that's that's how we all ended up out here. That's awesome, man. Uh, Jonathan, would love to hear just more about your thoughts um, and can kind of give us a picture of God's heart for the world. Right before 
we started recording, you were talking a little bit about the state of the global church, uh, you know, beyond what we know as Americans in the West. You know, you were saying that a lot of Americans would be surprised to hear about how the church is doing. Kind of unpack that for a moment for the audience. Yeah, sure. Um, the, the church is actually, and the evangelical church is actually growing faster south of the equator than north. So when you think about the, the heart of Christianity, traditionally has been Europe, specifically Western Europe, the United States, um, the church is not growing that fast in these areas. In fact, in some places it's declining, but south of the equator and in places like Africa, and Southeast Asia, um, and, and Central and, and South America, it's actually flourishing. It's growing uh, faster. I mean, uh, if you brought a list out of the 50 largest churches in the world, not a single one of them would be in the United States. Wow. They're in, they're in Asia or Mexico or a lot here in Africa. So, I mean, and, you know, we think about, oh, we got to go to Africa. We got to go to Africa. Well, it's great. Um, Africans actually are sending missionaries to other countries in Africa already as well. For every two missionaries going to Nigeria, Nigeria sends out five missionaries. So, you know, the church is really growing. Wow. Dude, that is, um, that's incredible yeah, it, to hear. I didn't realize that stat that the top 50 biggest churches would be outside of the United States. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, by, by uh, I think it was by 2050, there's going to be a billion Pentecostals alone uh, in the world, specifically in the Southern Hemisphere. And then you've got the, uh, you know, the, the reform groups, and you've got this group, and you've got all of these groups that are growing like crazy all over the, the, the Southern Hemisphere. So it's not that we have to go around the world because if we don't, they're never going to hear the gospel. Uh, you know, if, if, if that's the only reason, yeah, go to a tribe that's never heard of, of, of the gospel for sure. But a lot of times our short-term mission trips are to places where, um, you know, you've got existing ministries going on. So it's not necessarily going to preach the gospel where it's not been heard before. Um, you know, I mean, here in, in, in Africa alone, 20,000 new people uh, become Christians every day. Wow. Okay, so now there's probably, I can imagine, someone listening to this is saying to themselves, they had a vision of Africa, as I know many of us in the West do, that everyone's illiterate and they're all worshiping their ancestors still, that there's child sacrifices going on. And maybe I maybe I'm sound like I'm using hyperbole, but I, I mean, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of American Christians and have heard some wild things that I'm like, you really believe, like you realize they have cars, right? Like, I mean, you know, like I've said things to people like that. And so maybe someone's listening to this and they're hearing you, Jonathan, going, well, if it's going so well, then what's, why should I care? Why should I be involved in world missions? What would you say to that person? Yeah, you know, when you think about it, the, the, the city of Nairobi, I'm, I can speak for, for Nairobi in particular. It's like Los Angeles. It, it, it's really similar in size and population. The traffic is actually worse than it oh. is in, 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 in Los Angeles. It's, it's one of the worst cities in the world to drive in. There's tons of cars, technologies here, more people on Twitter than even in, in other parts of the world. So yeah, it's like, okay, it's easy to preach the gospel uh, in a place that there's more technology, you're not fighting as much. Now you go outside of Nairobi and yeah, you still have some of those issues of ancestry worship. There's a lot of superstition even among the church. So why should we get involved in missions? Well, God tells us to get involved in missions. Uh, he sent out uh, his disciples. Jesus sent out his disciples twice on short-term missions to the people of Israel, the ones that knew the, the, the word of God, mm. that had the Old Testament. But he sent out the, the, the 12 and then the 72 
to preach to the very people who had the word of God already because they didn't understand it fully. So, yeah, there's a lot of people growing. There's a lot of people who, who may be hearing the gospel, but it may not be a complete gospel. A lot of prosperity doctrine, a lot of superstition in the church. So, you know, even in a place like this, it's good to go, uh, but it's really good if you can go long-term because you can get into discipling them, you can get into uh, building relationships with, with the people, but even those short-term trips can make a huge difference. That's really cool to hear. You know, I, I've, um, any, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big proponent of short-term trips. It's, I mean, dramatic life change in my own life. Um, you know, and I know you and I you were, were talking about this before we started recording. You talked about, you know, most people don't sign up for long-term missions all of a sudden, you know, they, it's, they, they typically go on some short-term trip. They have some experience that seems to grab their heart and that that eventually leads them on a journey like yourself going on a trip to Mexico and eventually now you, you know, been living in Kenya for, you know, for the last six plus years. Um, so which is really cool to hear what, what are some other, and this is going to sound selfish and I don't mean it to be, um, but what, what are, what are some of the benefits to those of us living in the West, living in the United States? Are there any spiritual benefits for me to, to be aware of what's going on in the world? Uh, rather than or more than just me going on short-term trips or me just giving money, me being aware of it, me being connected to it, me being me praying for it. What are the kind of the spiritual benefits that end that end up you know benefiting me if I'm connected to the global church? Right. Um, the the global church needs prayer. That's one of the things we need more than anything else. Uh, you can give to missionaries, you can give that, but without prayer, you know, it's it's useless. So one of the best things I've seen happen when people come out and take short-term trips or help support short-term trips through prayer or finances is that they become prayer warriors. They really enter into uh, the, the, the battle. You know, we, we talk about Christianity as a spiritual war, right? We've got the spiritual armor and these things. And one of the things that I think is often neglected is the fact that prayer is one of the weapons we have in our spiritual battle. And so when you start getting involved and getting newsletters from missionaries or taking those short-term trips, you have a heart that starts to break for the things that, that break God's heart. Mm. You start to see the injustices in the world. And I mean, how much of the Old Testament prophets are speaking out against injustice and, you know, give justice to the orphan, the widow, the needy, the foreigner in your land. Um, these are issues that are really important to God's heart. And when you get out and see the world uh, beyond the, our, our Western civilization, you really start to see that and have a heart that breaks for those things and start to pray for those things as well. So that I think is one of the best things is that your heart starts to uh, be shaped more into the image of God by getting involved in short-term missions. Man, John, that is a fantastic point. And I just want to reiterate what you just said, because I don't want anyone listening to this to miss it. What you just said is so valuable you know, even when we kind of frame the argument or the thought process of, of a of a theology of missions or a theology of short term missions, it's really, it's really about or a huge part of this is that man, me being connected to Christians and to what God is doing outside of my own culture, reminds me that God is bigger than me and begins. I begin to see what He cares about. Like my heart can begin to hurt for the things that His heart hurts for. My heart can begin to love the things that He loves. And that ultimately should motivate us to pray 
for the things that God would call us to pray for. Um, and ultimately, if I'm living in San Diego or Kansas or Baltimore or whatever, and if the only thing on my mind is my my own backyard, man, my heart doesn't get really big for the things of God. And so, you know, thinking about the believers in Kenya or Cambodia or wherever is going to get my heart bigger in line with what God's heart is at. Man, what a great, great uh, thought process. I would challenge anyone listening to this to really begin to consider that. Um, that if the only thing you love is your own church and your own ministry, man, you're missing out on a huge, a huge chunk uh, of the heart of God. Jonathan, really curious, since you've been living overseas in the last six years, um, I mean, I, I have the longest I've spent out of the United States is uh, I've two different occasions I've spent seven weeks. So seven weeks in Australia and seven weeks in Thailand. Uh, and a few times I've been overseas about a month at a time. And I can tell you, just being overseas for seven weeks, I feel like I learned a lot specifically about how much my national patriotism and my Christian <laughs> and my Christianity seemed to blur. And it wasn't until I was out of the country that those lines began to become clear. Like, oh, that's not really gospel. That's my American Republican evangelical, you know, ways. And I'm not saying it's wrong to be evangelical. I am evangelical. I'm not saying it's wrong to be Republican. That's not the point. I'm just saying I, I think I had accidentally taken some of my political and national views and intermingled them with the gospel. Have you kind of learned that about yourself or other Americans that you see, you know, that you correspond with? Absolutely. Um, I'm part of a, of a collection of pastors where we get together on a private blog and be able to chat about some of the issues that we struggle with. And it's very interesting to see the difference between the, the pastors that are missionaries overseas and the pastors that are um, in America. And I mean, I love them all. Uh, they're, they're close brothers. We sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron, as it says. But um, I'm seeing that, that everybody who's overseas is having their uh, entire Christianity kind of turned upside down. Um, shaken out like a bully might turn you upside down and shake out all your lunch money. You get all the stuff out that's not necessary, right? You know, all of the stuff that you think is is Christianity, but really is Americanism, as as you talked about. Our national pride of being American uh, is so wrapped up in our Christianity sometimes. And yeah, it gets shaken out. I was uh, my ideas on what um, what Christianity is and what the message of the cross is all about. Um, yeah, still evangelical, but it's radically changed because the the Americanism is gone. Mm. Man, that's some. I, I know I dealt with that quite a bit, so it's some really really good thoughts. Man, Jonathan, as we as we close down this interview, any other great lessons that you've learned uh, you know, about the character and nature of God that you think have really impacted the way you do ministry work in Kenya? One of the most important things that I've learned is patience. Um, and uh, the need for grace in missions. Um, and I think that it can apply to any ministry that really that we're involved in. But it really took uh, me coming out here to learn those lessons, the, just the beauty of, of, of God's grace in our lives and, and the need to, to preach that simple message of the cross, not, not uh, a false legalism, but pure uh, grace. Um, I typically call missions. Missions is the, is the advanced course in in uh, in theology and in your discipleship in your own sanctification process. The first six months I was out here, I think I grew more than in the previous six years of my Christian walk as a pastor in the states. 
Wow, that's some really great thoughts. Man, Jonathan Ferguson, been on the line with us the last several minutes. Thank you so much. Some great wisdom and insights. Uh, Jonathan, and if there's anyone listening to this that would like to connect with you, uh, maybe reach out to you in some way, or maybe want to support what you're doing, what's the best way for them to learn more about you or connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me either through Facebook or, or Twitter. Uh, my Facebook uh, name on there is, is Jonna Ferg, J-O-N-A-F-E-R-G. Or you can find me on Twitter as John H. Ferguson, all one word, John H. Ferguson. And there you have it, my interview with Jonathan Ferguson. Big thank you to him. Thank you for taking time out to investing in our audience. Uh, Loved, loved, loved some of his thoughts. I thought Jonathan really shared some great thoughts and really challenging us uh, on the importance of uh, really remembering the fact that Jesus uh, you know, sent his disciples out on short-term missions uh, and also uh, really having a heart for the world. And I think it's really important that we as Christians not view ourselves as citizens of our local, uh, you know, local region, local jurisdiction, or citizens of a nation, but we really ought to see ourselves as global citizens. We are people of the world, and God has a huge heart for the world. It's, it's essential that we pray for and that we would sacrifice on behalf of the gospel spreading to all parts of the world. It's, it's essential. And so thank you to Jonathan Ferguson, originally a, a good old SoCal boy now living in Africa, focusing on making disciples and planting churches there in Nairobi. And so really, really great stuff. I want to encourage you, check him out on social media if you want to get connected with him. And also... If you've never been on a short-term trip, I want to highly, highly encourage you, challenge you to really think about, pray about, consider where you ought to go. The question is not if you should go. The question is where you should go. And if you don't know where to start, feel free to shoot me an email or go over to the website of the nonprofit I launched. I know I've talked about this in some of our earlier episodes. I haven't talked about it in quite a while, but I did have a privilege and honor of launching a nonprofit organization, and we do... Uh, short-term missions trips. And so Blue Sky Missions, head over to our website, blueskymissions.org, and you can find out lots of information there. Uh, you can shoot shoot over a message, and uh, myself or one of the members of our team will, will get a hold of you and, and chat through, you know, what are your options for short-term mission trips. Would love, love, love to help you with that. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you have any questions about this episode or any episode, or if you have a question or a topic you'd like me to address on a future episode of the podcast, please feel free to shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Whenever you are subscribed, it guarantees you never miss an episode because every episode gets delivered directly to your device. Head over and make sure you hit that subscribe button. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.